You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live stream. It's the Chronicles of Aguna as ever. I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on this episode, we're going to be discussing the future of Mesa Ozil. We're going to be discussing the news that Gabriel Martinelli is back in action this evening for the Arsenal under-21s. All of that, we're going to be taking some of your comments from the live chat as well, so feel free to chuck those in uh, throughout the programme. Let's begin, though, uh, with the big story, and that is, of course, the news that Mesut Ozil looks as though he could be on his way out of Arsenal in January. Now, we all thought that Mesut was going to dig his heels in and that Mesut was going to see out the remainder of his contract and, and, and stay till the summer and then join somebody on a free transfer. Still probably will be a free transfer, but it's emerged today that he is apparent, and this is you know a report, I've got to stress that, that he is apparently closing in on a move to Turkey, where he will sign for Fenerbahce. But um, that is just a report at this stage. I have to stress that. Um, I've not heard it from any particularly reliable source at the moment, but these are the reports coming out of Turkey at the moment. Uh, the Fenerbahce president says that Mesut Ozil is 90% certain to join the Turkish giants. He says, um, well, Zorlu actually, Murat Zorlu, a... Um, a uh, club congress member, if that's what they call him, uh, in Fenerbahce said, uh, a source who's very well connected to the club has told me that Mesut is likely to become a Fenerbahce player during the next transfer window, which suggests that a deal could be done in January. He says, I would say 90% he would join us in one month. Fenerbahce's president, Ali Koch, has issued a response to the latest transfer development. Um and he's made it clear that he wants Ozil, but they can't afford the player at the moment. So a little bit of ambiguity here. He says Ozil was a really big Fenerbahce fan. However, we do not have the financial resources to pull off such a move at this time. It's a lovely dream. Dreams occasionally come true, but it would be difficult for us to make that dream a reality now. So the the, the guys sort of in and around the club are saying that that the deal is close to being done and it's very likely that Mesut Ozil will be joining Fenerbahce next month. But the chairman has uh, thrown caution to the wind due to the finances that would be involved in such a deal. Um, still feels like there's somewhere to go in this one. And I feel like maybe the noises coming out of Fenerbahce are in a bit of an attempt to try and, uh, I guess, persuade Mesut to take a pay cut. Well, we know he's going to have to take a pay cut to join Fenerbahce, but to take a significant pay cut, one that would allow them to get the deal done, one that makes this deal uh, or puts this deal within the realms of possibility for the Turkish giants. We know that clubs all over Europe, all over the world have been deeply affected by the coronavirus crisis. Um, so finances will be an issue, but um, Mesa Ozil, despite having represented Germany throughout his international career, uh, obviously is of Turkish origin and has a very strong affiliation with the country. He's always there. Um, you know, he has really strong ties with the country. It's clear that Fenerbahce is the club of his heart. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if that deal still goes through, regardless of what the Fenerbahce president uh 
Ali Koch has had to say. He talks about the finances. He says it will be difficult, but he does say dreams can happen. He calls the, the potential acquisition of Mesut Ozil a dream. He says dreams could happen. So despite his comments, I wouldn't rule this one out. I think the noises uh, coming out of the club suggest uh, that, of course, uh, you know, it, it is a real possibility. And we know that Messi is not involved at Arsenal. You know, we know there is the option to re-register him in January when Mikel Arteta is presented with that opportunity again. But we also know um, that that is very unlikely given the current situation. I think we can all come to conclusions. We all understand that this is more than just a footballing issue. And uh, I think anybody sensible can see that. So, if it is something political, if it is something more than just him not being seen as good enough for the team, then I, I doubt there will be a U-turn on that decision. And it looks as though he will uh, he will be leaving the club, if not in January, then definitely in the summer. But potentially a move to Fenerbahce in January is on the cards. So we're going to have to wait and see how that one plays out. Now, I've got to say, I think with the... Um, with the way Arsenal is struggling at the moment in terms of the lack of creativity, in terms of, um, you know, we're, the fact that we're having to ask people like Alexander Lacazette to drop into that hole and play as a number 10, that we've asked Joe Willock to step up and do that role. Um, and it's not really worked. Kind of, you know, it strengthens the case for Mesut Ozil to come back into the side. And I would love to see him back into the side because I genuinely do think that he could offer something to us from a footballing perspective. But as I've said time and time again, that is very unlikely now, as disappointing as that is. Equally, though, with each passing week that Arsenal struggle and with each passing week that Arsenal continue to, to you know, find it difficult to break people down, the more likely it is that at least, at the very least, the pressure on Mikel Arteta around this whole situation will increase. And it's another thing that Mikel Arteta doesn't need to contend with at this moment in time. So, you know, he'll be happy to get Ozil out of the club, I'm sure, sooner rather than later, because once he's no longer an Arsenal player, that, that debate can no longer go on. That debate will be dead in the water. And I'm sure that's what Mikel wants. He's probably fed up of answering questions about it. Um, he probably thought that when he left him out of the squad uh, for the first half of the season, that that question would go away. But as I keep saying, with every passing week that Arsenal struggle, the Mesut Ozil question will continue to come up and the pressure will increase on Mikel Arteta with regards uh, to his situation. So not ideal for Arteta, not ideal for Ozil either. And clearly, given the results and given the way we're playing, it's not ideal for Arsenal either. So... um you know, the, the situation needs to come to an end and, and there needs to be a resolution one way or the other. Whether that means Messi's brought back into the fold, whether that means he leaves in January to join Fenerbahce or whether that means he's he remains in the cold, um, despite me not thinking that's the right thing necessarily uh, until the summer, you know, that's we're just going to have to wait and see how it plays out. Um, really shit situation, really strange situation and one that we could definitely do without. Um, in other news, more positive news, I guess, uh, Gabriel Martinelli returns to action for the Arsenal under-21s this evening. They take on AFC Wimbledon uh, in the Papa John's Trophy and Gabriel Martinelli is back in action. Of course, he's been out for a long, long time with that knee injury, had to undergo surgery. Really unfortunate to suffer such a serious injury at such a young age. Um, there were real promising signs from Gabriel Martinelli, actually during Unai Emery's tenure. Um, but 
of course, when Mikel came in, his game time dipped a lot. Uh, it went down. He ended up picking up that injury in training. And it's kind of been a bit of a struggle for Martinelli since then. Can he get back to the form that he showed prior to being injured? I bloody hope so, because I said it before. I'll say it again. In terms of the young talents at Arsenal, I haven't been as excited about one as I am about Martinelli or I was about Martinelli prior to the injury since Cesc Fabregas. So I really, really hope that he can somehow get back to, to shape sooner rather than later, get given the opportunities by Mikel Arteta and add something to this attacking line and, and continue his development because I think he really is a top, top footballer in the making. So um, fingers crossed we'll see the best of Gabriel Martinelli sooner rather than later. What I do have to stress, though, is that it's very important, in my opinion, that we don't put too much pressure on Martinelli coming back into the side and when he does come back into the side because the injury is one that takes time to recover from. He's not going to be sharp straight away. He's not going to be fit straight away. What does the injury do to you mentally in terms of your willingness to go into certain challenges? Um, you know, I I've had a serious knee injury and I obviously I haven't played football at the level that, you know, Gabriel Martinelli plays and I'm not claiming to, but you know, it does play on your mind a little bit when you do return to the field. That in that fear of injury um, is a thing. And when you've had such a serious injury and you know that another one of in a similar nature could really derail your career, then there is going to be a bit of reluctance to do certain things on a football pitch. And that could potentially hinder Martinelli. So I'm hopeful that he'll get back to his very best. I'm hopeful that he'll, you know, he'll, um, he'll continue his development and he'll go on to become a very important player for Arsenal. But let's chill out with it a little bit. Let's not put too much pressure on him. We know things aren't going right in an attacking sense for Arsenal at the moment. But, we, you know, it's not an 18, 19-year-old kid's responsibility to come in and sort that all out. We can't put that weight on his shoulders anyway, particularly now when he is uh, recovering from such a serious injury. So that's my take on the Gabriel Martinelli thing. Obviously, delighted to see him back. I think he'll get a few more games, sort of under-21s, under-23s, under his belt. Um sort of in the coming weeks and fingers crossed they'll be back integrated with the first team squad for a match day sooner rather than later. Really fantastic talent and I look forward to seeing more of him and uh, to, to continue following his development. Let's move on uh, to Thomas Partey now, of course. Thomas Partey suffered a recurrence of that thigh injury that ruled him out uh, of the game's Against Leeds and Wolves, he came back for the Spurs game and right on the stroke of halftime, he had to be substituted as the injury had reoccurred. Now, Charles Watts says he's spoken to people close to Thomas Partey today and they are concerned about this injury. They are worried about it. Thomas Partey said to be gutted. Um, apparently, he pushed really, really hard to get in to get fit in time for the North London derby. So to suffer the injury the way he did or a recurrence of the injury um, was really, really disappointing to him from a personal standpoint. Arsenal are due to, well, were due to receive MRI results today. That's what I've been told. That's what I've heard. Um, but we don't know what the what those results show just yet. Now, Mikel Arteta will face the media tomorrow. That's Wednesday. Uh, for those of you listening on the audio, you'll it'll be today. Um, those uh, those results have been received by the club, but we don't know what's in them. Uh, we don't know what the conclusion is. We don't know what the prognosis is, but. We do know that Mikel Arteta will face the media 
uh, Wednesday ahead of Arsenal's Europa League trip to Dundalk. So uh, you can expect that he will be asked that question and fingers crossed we'll get a bit of an update and a bit of insight as to how long Thomas Partey is expected to be sidelined for. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for an update on that. Of course, we'll be bringing you all the news, uh, all the latest updates right here on the Chronicles of Aguna. So if you haven't subscribed to the channel, hit the little bell icon. That way you'll never miss um You'll never miss a broadcast. Right, let's have a quick look at what some of you guys are saying in the live chat. Uh, let's start from the beginning. Good evening to everybody. Uh, I love this one. Matteo Genduzzi, apparently. Bonjour, Harry. Bring me back up, mate. Uh, it was a mistake letting, letting Genduzzi go, particularly given our current midfield options. Uh, Quickie says, Ozil's Turkish, not German. Mistake. Uh, correct me if I'm mistaken, I should say. But he played for Germany all that time. Is is Citizenship is is German and all that. Yeah, I know he's of Turkish origin. Um, but yeah, uh, he played for Germany, won the World Cup with Germany. So if he's not German, we'll just scrap that World Cup as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michael Grayson says, I don't want Ozil anywhere near this team. We don't have a true number 10 other than him. So it seems to me that Arteta doesn't want to play with a number 10. You say that, but he has kind of been playing with one of late, hasn't he? He's been asking a player to play close to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang just off of him um, and he's been I think shoehorning players into that position who actually are not capable of playing it and I think if you had Ozil in that role without the defensive responsibility <coughs> I think he'd do a better job than some of those <coughs> uh, Sinclair says I pray Ozil moves on like Bale and Jan I genuinely believe and have seen that he's not effective in the hardest Premier League in the hardest the Premier League has ever been Nine to ten top, top quality teams with top, top quality managers. Uh, Raul says, why are we not looking at more players from the championship? I can't think of many that would be upgrades on what we've got, if any. That's the kind of issue. I know we've been linked with uh, Emiliano Buendia from Norwich quite a bit. I've never been 100% convinced about him. Now, that could be, I'm not for a second saying he's a crap player or anything like that. It could be just me not knowing enough about him or not having seen enough about him. but. You know, other than that, I can't see who from the championship comes in and and, and helps this side. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, uh, Ross Morgan says, Arteta doesn't seem to trust the younger players in the Premier League. Can't see Martinelli getting much of a chance, if I'm being honest. Uh, you know what, Ross, that might be a good thing in the meantime. Um, it, it, while he tries to get back to fitness without having that pressure um, of having to without having that pressure um, of having to come in and make an impact straight away, it, it might be a good thing if he can recover without that pressure, like, I say, like I'm trying to say, of not playing in the Premier League, then then that might be a good thing. I've, I know I've completely muddled that up. You know what I mean? Without the pressure of having to come into the Premier League side and make a difference, I think it will be a good thing for Martinelli because he needs to recover. Um, from the injury and get back to to fitness. Uh, big shout out to Arsenal former former Arsenal striker and legend. I'm mixing up all my words tonight. Uh, Kevin Campbell says good evening, Harry. Hope all is well, even through this painful time. Change is coming. Yeah, we've had better weeks, haven't we, Kev? But um, yeah, I think we got to be patient. Um, not saying it's going to get any better quickly, but you know th there is big change going on at Arsenal. There's players that are going to be leaving in the next few months. And we've just got to kind of accept that we're going to struggle for a bit. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm happy with it or I'm not saying that I'll, I won't 
moan about it or complain about it. But yeah, um, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. But a big shout out to Kevin Campbell. Uh, give him a follow on social media as well. Um, it brings some brilliant insight. Uh, Stephen says, Harry, how much do you believe it was Partey himself pushing to be back for the derby versus being pushed back by higher powers? Seemed rushed and now we will suffer. Probably, yeah, look, I think probably a bit of both, actually. You know, if you follow Thomas Partey's career prior to him coming to Arsenal, you know he was a real competitor. I, I do genuinely think that he wanted to play in the North London derby, that he did want to, you know, get back onto the pitch and get back in action. I also think that Mikel Arteta was desperate to have him back because of how poorly we've played and how much we've missed him. But I, I think it was a bit of both. I think it was a bit of both from both ends. I think the medical team probably have a bit of a duty to to make those assessments. But, you know... You can put him through all the training, all the all the sort of stuff on the training ground, but you can't replicate the intensity of a match, especially not um, a North London derby. So let's see. Um, let's see what happens. Um, let's see what happens with that. And um, fingers crossed it's not as bad as first feared, but I think it was a bit of both. I think Mikel was desperate to get him back in. I think Thomas was keen to play and the combination of things has just led to an unfortunate outcome. Uh, big hello to Richard Butler. He says, uh, what do you think the starting 11 will be on Thursday, Harry? Before I go into that, check over his uh, check out his channel over and over and over again. Uh, the Arsenal podcast. So search for that on YouTube. Uh, Richard, feel free to drop the link in the comments, mate, and uh, people can click on it and go straight over there. Uh, he says, what do you think the starting 11 will be on Thursday, Harry? I'm not actually sure. Um, I haven't really thought about it at great length, to be honest. I've been so busy kind of dealing with the fallout from the derby and sort of talking about that etc etc that it's um it's not um it's not really crossed my mind but I think I'd like to see well obviously I think Reese Nelson will be back in the side I think Nicolas Pepe will be involved because of his suspension in the Premier League I think that Enketia will be involved I think Maitland Niles will be involved I think Pablo Marie will be involved I'd like to see Emil Smith Rowe involved again probably a little bit more uh, then just coming on for the last sort of 20, 30 minutes. I'd like to see him play. Um, you know, it's important for players like Cedric to get minutes under their belt. I think Sarkalas in actual play. Um, Mustafi probably. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much gone through the lineup. Renarsen as well. I think it will be very similar to the side that played against Rapid Vienna. Uh, I don't think Lacazette will be in the team uh, again, but I think, you know, you could see Smith Rowe maybe coming in that position just off the striker. Uh, one of the important things for me will be to see Pablo Marie again because he looked comfortable. I know it was obviously uh, against a poor side, but um, I did. I have liked what I've seen of Pablo Marie in the handful of games that he's played for Arsenal. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed he can go on and be a good addition to the squad as well, particularly given that Socrates has been frozen out and that Mustafi's contract comes to an end at the end of this current season. So uh, lots to be thinking about for the future for Mikel Arteta and Arsenal. Right, that brings me to the end of this stream. So just to round up, Mesut Ozil could be on his way out of the Emirates Stadium this January. Fenerbahce very strongly linked with signing uh, Mesut Ozil. Their, uh, their president claims that financially it may be a little bit of a stretch for them and it may not be possible. But people close to the club are saying that it is 90% uh, in terms of the likelihood of Mesut Ozil ending up at Fenerbahce. So that could well happen this January. I can't imagine Mesut, I know the money's great, but I can't imagine Mesut would want to sit around at Arsenal for much longer 
doing nothing. Uh, then you've got the, the news, of course, that Gabriel Martinelli um, is going to play for the under-21s tonight in the Papa John's Trophy at AFC Wimbledon. So fingers crossed he comes through that one unscathed. And as, of course, I've mentioned, the results uh, are due in from Thomas Partey's uh, scans and medical assessments. So fingers crossed in Mikel Arteta's press conference tomorrow ahead of the Dundalk game. We'll get an update on where we're at with regards to Thomas Partey. If you haven't already hit the like button, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, thank you very much for your continued support. We'll be back very soon with more. Until then, take care. Cheers. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.